Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Another episode of Hawk Talk coming at you here from Monmouth University. Gary Kowal, Greg Viscomi. Greg, excited to be back with you. It's the last time we spoke. We've kind of closed out our fall season. We've moved full time into the uh, into the winter here in West Long Branch, which is always an exciting time and, and excited to really dive deep into some winter sports. Our track team opens up this weekend, swimming underway, and of course, men's and women's basketball um, have been going for a couple weeks that season. Starts earlier and earlier every year, but but we're going. <laughs> yeah, we certainly are. Uh, yeah, you know, I, it feels like a long time since we did one of these, but we had a short week with uh, Thanksgiving, and obviously we you've been traveling. I've come to a little bit with uh, men's basketball, and um, pretty excited. Uh, today's guest is someone that um, we've been trying to get on. Uh, we, you know, we strive to get somebody from every sport on during the year because that's kind of what the point of this podcast is. And uh, we have not had a member of the women's tennis team yet. Obviously, Coach Murray isn't a full time employee here, so it's not like I can just grab her in the hallway and be like, "Oh, hey." Patrice, come on, jump on the pod. I don't even know if she would. I think she would. Uh, she definitely would. Uh, but then uh, we'll, we'll get into how this interview came about. But I am super, super excited um, to welcome on a member of our women's tennis team who uh, I, I, we have so many things to talk to about her. But uh, Zoe Clapman, I would love for you to join us today. Hi, Greg. Hi, Gary. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Um, you know, I've been listening to this a little bit. And um, yeah, super cool. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time. Um, we were trying to get you on probably about three, well, maybe it was about a month ago now. Uh, and uh, it, you are so busy in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> with class and tennis that it was like, hey, I have like three hours throughout the entire week. And I'm like, mm, that ain't going to work. So <laughs> I, I had figured uh, that we would wait until after. Uh, for those of you who don't know, tennis is a split season. The championship season is in the spring, but they also play a number of matches. And actually, our women's tennis team, and I don't know if this is just because how Coach Murray likes it, I think they play more fall matches than I think most women's tennis teams do. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we do a lot of dual matches. Um, we get a lot of different play from around the area, and we travel a little bit as well and get some weekend tournaments, um, and that's thanks to all of um, Coach Murray's uh, communications with other teams in the area. We always have great relationships and keep those matches going and just add on in the future. So really happy to have a lot of matches in the fall to prep for the spring. Yeah, and, and you guys usually, the nice part is, is you can go indoor sometimes. But you also are, are outside when the weather is still pretty nice in the Northeast, um, which probably is pretty important for you being from California. Yeah, yes, I do love my warm weather. Um, I, you know, I get used to that warm weather. It's like 70s all year, but um, you just adjust and you acclimate to the weather over here. And for the most part, it's been very nice, especially this fall. 
we had a lot of outdoor matches, only a few indoor. And we even started off our Navy tournament where it's this big tournament with a bunch of different teams in the area. And we have so many matches going on that you kind of just shift from outdoor and indoor and you get used to that. And it's pretty fun. <laughs> Joey, I'm curious, um, as we, Greg told me about, about kind of your, your story and, and some of the things you've done um, a while ago. And like we said, we've been trying to get you on the pod and, and, just hasn't matched up with time, so it's awesome to have you on now. But um, before we, we dive into some of the impressive stuff you've done here at Mammoth, I'd like to take a step back. And Greg just mentioned you're from California. Um, you spent a, a little bit of time at another school. How did you end up at Mammoth? How did your journey take you here to, to West Long Branch and playing for Coach Murray? I'm sure there's a, there's got to be some kind of story there. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a story. Um, you know, you might ask, you know, why am I going coast to coast, which is kind of funny. Um, my brother actually just graduated from here. He was on the men's tennis team. His name is Austin Clapman. Um, he's been here for his full four years. We visited here when I was even, you know, the lower classman of high school. So I've known about Monmouth a long time. I've heard great reviews about Coach Murray and the team. Um, I've always, you know, looked at this team and looked at this school as a great opportunity, and I'm really happy to be here. This is the greatest decision I think I've made. Yeah, and we were going to, spoiler alert, we were going to bring up the fact that um, your brother went to school here and just recently graduated, uh, obviously a part of the men's tennis team that's had so much success. Uh, was it good? I mean, so I have kids. So I think it's like if I was shipping my kid, and I'm not saying that your parents shipped you anyway, yeah. <laughs> but if I was sending my kids across the country, it would make me feel better if like my son was there with my daughter. Like, did, did was that like a, was that a warming like experience for you to like? All right, my brother's here. He likes it. Like, I'm I'm gonna go there, and now at least I have somebody like on my side. Like, if I need anything. Yeah, I think that was um, definitely part of it, wanting to be with family, especially with my brother. We've always had such a great relationship, and we've always been best of friends, where I just knew it would be a great decision being with him at Monmouth. I never saw there would be any problems. I just thought it would be great fun, which it always has been. And even now, when he's visiting from time to time, it's always great to see him around, and we always have fun together. That's awesome. What's he doing now? He's working at Western Digital out in North, Northern California, where we're from. Um, he's visiting from time to time. We still keep our great relationships over here with our friends, so got to always stop by and say hi. Were you able to go home for uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving, I usually stay around the area. I just went on a little trip, um, mostly just coming back for winter break. You know, I got that long travel, so... You want to wait for that long time span to really enjoy the moments together. Yeah, fly across country for only three days or whatever, and you have to get back. I understand that. Yeah. I like doing that. That's my... You're that's a maniac. <laughs> um, you talked about your brother playing here. Um, so I guess this is probably a better question for him, but he's not here. Um, <laughs> how did he and your family find out about Mammoth originally from, from across the country? How, how did you guys... How were you guys introduced to, to our school, uh, you know, in the first place? Yeah, it's actually an interesting story. Um, previously, we actually grew up in the Chicago area where we knew the previous men's coach, Alex Kasaroff, and we've always had a close relationship with him growing up. And when we knew that he moved out to Monmouth to be a coach here, we kept in contact with him. My brother visited the school and committed with him as a coach. And then even with the transition to Chris Light being coach, still loved everything about it. Chris Light has been a great coach over the years, and 
really appreciated in coming over here. Yeah, just just a ton of success on that men's side, but we're kicking them to the curb for a while because this is about women's <laughs> tennis today. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, so here's one thing I've noticed over over the time that you've been here. This women's team is getting better and better and better, and it's – I don't know. I, Coach Murray's been here for, I don't know, 30 years or something like that. Um, but what is it about these, like, last year's team and this year's team that kind of – and even the team before that, but last year's year, team and this year's team that really kind of um, – you guys are just – it's like paying dividends. You're, like, seeing – you're seeing it pay off. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that in first place. We've definitely been putting in a lot of hard work over the years. Um, I've been lucky to be with this great team that we have. We're all very motivated. I think it all comes from a great sense of self and coming together as a team and working hard together and putting in the work. And we recognize that when we work harder, we can see the results and we really have that motivation, especially coming into this new conference. Uh, we really want to put in the work to not only meet the expectations of the new conference, but overcome those expectations and be that rising team, kind of like the underdog, you know, we're working our way up, we're working with Coach Murray, we're working with Coach Bob Taylor, and we're just, we're really motivated this year, especially making our mark. Coach, awesome. Coach Murray is, Craig mentioned, has been here for so long, um, and I mean, we would consider her a legend around these parts, right? She's in the Hall of Fame. Definitely, um, yes. Multi-sport yeah, multi athlete. Sport athlete. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Do you guys, do, you know, and the team as a whole, uh, are you guys aware of how successful Coach Murray was as a student athlete here and how long she's been a coach and how much she's accomplished in, you know, the field of athletics and in tennis? Are you guys kind of aware of that or is that something you learn as you go along? Well, you know, Coach is very humble, so we definitely <laughs> find out as we go along. Um, you know, but we know she's just amazing. Playing three sports in college, especially, you know, as a woman during that time as well, just learning how to push boundaries and be the underdog across time and being successful in every one of those sports is just unreal. And, you know, it's really funny. We learn more as we go along because of how humble she is. But we even recognize those little plaques across campus where it's like Coach Murray this year, this year, <laughs> which is unbelievable. Her, her name is all over this campus, Everyone. and right, rightfully so. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's crazy when you think back. Like, we talk all the time with student athletes on this podcast even about time management and practice. And I have, uh, you know, I was just talking to a men's basketball student athlete who um, was international this morning about how he's balancing his time and he's a freshman and et cetera, et cetera. And that's a difficult thing. And then you look back at Coach Murray and she was playing a sport in every season. It's, great. Yeah. it's <laughs> unbelievable. And you know, like, she's so intelligent that you know she was getting good grades. It wasn't like she was just here playing yeah, I mean, sports. Right. Yeah, no, she's very successful in everything Runs she a does. school. Yes, exactly. Like, even now she's balancing two, like, big jobs that's just unbelievable and we you know we can't believe that she's going you know daytime doing her work at the school and then coming back to you know be thriving in tennis and it's just it really is unbelievable the more you think about it it's crazy what is uh what's what's one thing that you, that when you walk away from here you'll take that you've learned from coach murray coach murray has taught me so many things um <laughs> where do i start um let's see I think definitely our moments off court were really helpful. Um, she's always there for every athlete individually that makes up the team. Um, she definitely always works toward positivity and positive motivation with our team, which is really impactful. I think that our talks 
before and after matches have been really impactful in realizing how you can be your better self personally, like on the tennis court, but also transferred into life and having that successfulness that she had um, on the court and off the court, she really emphasizes on-court success and putting in your all um, and definitely having that motivation to just be the best person that you can be on court and off court. Um, you know, even if you're not as successful as you want to be and you have those losses that, you know, you don't feel that great about, but still persevering and working forward on the next thing and always working to be the best person. That's, that's awesome. And, and like you said, I'm sure over the last how many every year she's taught a lot of things to you, but I just was interested to know, like, what's one, you know, one takeaway, one well, pull away. That sounds like Coach Murray, right? Positive. She's always positive. Uh, she's always, always smiling. She is. Always positive. Even, like, through some tough losses, she'll be like, oh, we were just, we were right there. We, yeah. We, you know, we almost got them. We were a couple points away. You know, mm-hmm. you know, ball breaks this way or that way. Like, it's it's just awesome. It's refreshing to hear from from a coach, right, where, where college athletics is so, you know, it's competitive and it's intense and. Mm-hmm. You catch a coach after a loss, and it's it's not you. Sometimes not a good day, and and you know you're disappointed, right? You put a lot of work into this, and and Coach Murray, I'm sure she's disappointed, and I'm sure she takes these losses as hard as any of us. But um, her ability to just be positive through it all, I think, is probably awesome for you as a student athlete, right? It's not uh, it's got to be refreshing to have somebody who's always there to lift you up. Yeah, no, it's definitely refreshing. You know, after those losses, um, you know, a coach could take it anyway, but I think. Coach Murray does the best thing possible, and, you know, I think she thinks of us as a team first um, in that aspect where, you know, we're all hurting after a loss. You know, we always want to win especially, but I think the way that she comes across and communicates it with the team is really, really great where um, she knows we're all upset. You know, Coach is upset. No one wants a loss, but, you know, she takes it in a positive direction, and, you know, you have that constructive criticism from the match. You learn from it, and then – you move those efforts toward the next match. It's awesome. So let's let's get a little bit into the tennis portion of of the program, and then obviously one of the uh, I'll explain one of the really big reasons why I have you on is the fantastic work you're doing in the classroom and in in your internship, which is I'll get into that in a minute. But tennis, uh, not a traditional sport. I, I don't at least not in this area. I'll say that I grew up in this area. I left for a little bit, came back. Um, do you did you play any other sports growing up, or was it just tennis? And how do, how do you get into tennis? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've played tennis most of my life. Um, I've had teammates, even um, you know Jordan Pax, who did dual sports as well. She did tennis and volleyball. I was always committed personally with one sport throughout my whole life. I started playing tennis when I was five. Um, I even followed my brother. He started when I was four, so I was just watching him that first year, which is motivating for me as a sibling. Um, but we actually started way back, way back when, when we were in preschool, wow. do, doing t-ball. We did. We started with t-ball. Our mom was the coach, and it was a really fun time. But we just <laughs> we transitioned into tennis. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how that happened, but no, I definitely followed my brother's footsteps. I saw how much fun he had on the court, and I definitely wanted to have that as well. Did... um. Do your parents play tennis? Did they play tennis? They actually never played tennis before, but my mom That's picked, amazing. I know. Like, how did we start doing that? Amazing and have two Division One children <laughs> playing tennis. That's crazy. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. My mom was really dedicated, though, as a mother, and um, she actually started picking up tennis when we started, so then she could hit with us, and she even played on the open, 
the one of the teams on um, our local club where we were training at. Um, shout out to Northbrook Racquet Tennis Club. Northbrook Racquet Tennis Club. <laughs> give this girl an NIL right now. <laughs> Call her up and give her an NIL. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so, you know, we grew up there. That place is actually like our little home. Um, my mom was playing there. We grew up playing there. It's a family-run club, so um, we're really close to the Del family there. But, um, yeah, my mom even, like, warmed us up at tournaments. Um, usually my brother and I would play tournaments in the same weekend, same place, so it was easier. Mm -hmm. um, we'd all travel together, get on the road together. And um, so my mom was just always there, you know, helping us along the way in our one sport. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I, it's like, you know. We have a baseball kid in here, and you're like, oh, did you grow up playing? Like, obviously, you grew up playing baseball. I think everybody takes a shot playing baseball at some point. But tennis is one of those things. Like, how do you get How do you get into it, you know? I don't – I personally really have never played tennis. No, I mean, jerking around with friends and yeah. stuff, and I'm just exhausted and not getting to the ball, so. <laughs> uh, so, uh, tennis-wise, doubles, singles, what do you like playing more? I love them both. They're so different. And um, I think, you know, there's definitely positives for both sides. Um, I, I think back to, like, one moment that we had last year where we were able to see someone play some amazing singles and doubles, uh, which kind of impacts, like, how you look at it in a way. Um, you know, luckily, thanks to Coach Race Communications, we were able to hit with Kim Kleisters last year mm. and have a practice with her, and we had – a long talk about, um, you know, the mental side, but also learning about the singles and doubles itself was just so cool because she's just an unbelievable player. She's a legend now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's in the Hall of Fame. This is just craziness. But we saw how she played doubles, how she played singles, and looking at the different perspective of, you know, what are the positives of both. And, you know, there's really – you can't really choose one or the other. It's just they're so different – that it's almost just, like a totally different game for you. Yeah, it's like basically a totally different game. You know, there's, you know, even doubles, you're playing one set versus singles, you're playing two sets. So even the timing of everything, of how, you know, the match play rolls out, it just, it's all different and they're both fun in their own ways. And I definitely love them both. You mentioned, I didn't know that you guys trained with Kim Clusters. That's awesome. Yeah, it um, was unbelievable. Take, take us through <laughs> that a little bit. What was that like? Yeah, it was crazy I, I remember this moment last year and it was there was just this one moment where we were training at little silver indoors and she is now living in the area um and you know luckily coach uh was able to reach out to her and we kind of established this great relationship with Kim Kleisters and she came in one night and we hit together which was unreal I was like it was just crazy and um we were, so we were hitting together. We had some match play together, did some singles, did some doubles. And then we had this really great talk about the mental aspect of tennis. And we learned a lot of great lessons from her. And there were some really cool takeaways. There were some talks where we had um, about the mental aspect where, um, you know, Kim Clusters was saying that even at her level and even at our level, there's still the same motivation to play. That's still like there's still the same hunger to win. And, you know, each player is putting in their all. And it's really on the day. It could be like a 50-50, whoever wins, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, you would think that, like, everyone at her level is just, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But everyone, you know, puts in their all. And it's just kind of goes on the day. Everyone puts in their all. And everyone works hard. So you kind of, it's just based on the day, you know, you assume that everyone is coming in strong. It's going to be that good. 
Yeah. Um, I think one of the coolest things in, in collegiate tennis is, and if you've ever <clears throat> hung around a match, that's a close match. Inevitably, everybody's finishing at a different time. So like your doubles are out of the way, and then singles, blah blah blah. And and as it pairs down in a close match, and maybe there's one or two courts left. And you know that the entire match rests on like, and everybody's standing around, everybody is cheering. Um, that's one of the coolest things ever. Like, when was the last time you guys had that kind of situation? And I could definitely remember some remarkable ones over the past couple of years. Um, definitely, my first year coming in, we had um, we were actually almost about to go into the conference. We it came down to that last match against Siena. And we had that one match left, and even the men's team was there. So there was some big screaming going on, <laughs> and it was great, and the energy was amazing. And, you know, unfortunately, things swing a different way, where sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And we almost made close to that conference, but we really made our mark that year um, where we were winning and we were getting into the conference that way, um, the MAC conference back then. No, now yeah. we're the cops. No, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, and then even that following year, uh, last year we had that same situation where we were about to make it to the conference and it came down to that Niagara match and we're all coming down to that last court and we're all watching on that court and the energy is amazing and you know you don't get that energy like back in juniors when you're playing tennis it's super individual so having that team aspect and that energy is just incredible. And, yeah, it's you know, pretty awesome. It's unreal. That, that's, I think, one of the pretty unique things. Um, one of the other unique things is just looking over the roster like a week ago when we were doing everything. Um, there is not one person on your roster that's, like, even remotely close to another person. We, we are as spread as it gets. You have a couple international girls. Um, obviously, from I think, do we have, I think we have two two women from California. Yeah, we got two Californians now. And then I think everybody else is, like... Indiana, India. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> like super spread out, which is really cool. Georgia. Yeah, we definitely got like a lot of different cultural aspects in the team, you know, from the South all over America. We got Len from India. Uh, so it's super cool. We got Lana from Croatia this year. So it's super cool just kind of being with everyone and you all come together in New Jersey. Yeah. You know? So does, yeah. <laughs> and no New Jerseyans. Uh, no, we got we got one. We got, do you? Yeah, we got uh, Madison Mills um, out in New Jersey, originally from New York, though. That's right. <laughs> um, so, does that force you guys to kind of be closer? Like, nobody can like run home to see their parents or whatever. Like, it's you guys. Like, obviously, it, the university is a welcoming place. It's yeah. not just, you're on an <laughs> island, but you know, it's the eight or ten of you, whatever it is, and, and you're all kind of here. And and does that force you to be almost closer as a team? Yeah, I think it definitely brings us closer because we know that we kind of act as a family unit here. Um, you know, you have your family back home, but this is like our family out in New Jersey. And we're always here for each other, you know, on court, off court. We spend a lot of time together and we know each other really well. And having those moments together is really helpful, you know, just in the general sense of being here as a college student, but also a college athlete. You know, there's a lot of different aspects that go into that. And being a student athlete and having that all together you know, could bring new pressures, but we all have share that same life experience here and we know how to relate to one another. I'm curious. Um, you said you mainly only played tennis growing up. Um, and I think every student athlete has professionals and people they look up to, right? Who are those 
tennis players for you maybe as a uh, you know as a younger player coming up through? I mean, we just talked about playing with one of the best ever, but um, you know, do you have a, an idol or somebody you look at as you know that gold standard? Yeah, well, my brother and I, my whole family really has always been a fan of Roger Federer, who just recently retired. Um, he's always been a model for us, just how he composes himself. And he, actually, he had an interview one time where this really stuck with me, and this is why I admire him so much as a player, not only his sportsmanship, but even further, he talks about you know tennis and his mental side of it being kind of considered as fire and ice where he has that fire inside, that desire to win, that hunger to win. Uh, but then on the outside, he's super composed, and that's his ice, where he seems all calm and cool, and he really has it all under control. And that, I really take that away from, you know, everything on the tennis court and then, um, and, you know, other aspects as well. I think that's super cool. You know, he always has that great sportsmanship, but he always has that desire to win. He always has that hunger, which is, you know, everyone has that inside them. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. And he's, he's obviously one of the best ever as well. Um, have you had a chance since you've been at Monmouth or since your brother's been at Monmouth to make it up to, uh, to a U.S. Open or anything up in New York City or no? Sadly, no, I have not personally, but my brother was able to go with the men's tennis team a few years back, um, which was super cool. I heard some really cool experiences. Um, but you know, there's always the chance in the future can always come back, watch the U.S. Open and, you know, maybe see some other matches out in California. The only real, like, professional matches that we've seen was, or at least that I've seen, was the Western Southern Open back when I was younger, which was a really cool experience to see that live. But better than live was, you know, seeing conclusions that time last year. That's better than live can get, I got to tell you. Yeah, right? I mean, actually getting instruction and spending some really, really good quality time. Uh, let's let's flip. So, just a little backstory on on how Zoe got on the show. Uh, a professor here, Raman Lakshmaman, who uh, is in the um, software engineering major. Yeah, area. computer science. Computer yes. science. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he reached out and said, "There's a student athlete who did a phenomenal internship, and you, we really should be pushing her out there as much as we can." Um, and I said, okay, give me some information. And he gave me a couple quick bullet notes. Uh, and I said, all right, let's try to get this thing going. Um, so that obviously was you. Uh, you are a computer science major. Yes. Um, do you have a minor? No, no minor. No minor. Uh, so the bulk of what we want to talk about academically is this amazing internship that you did um, with climate. Out in California. Yes. How how close to your um to your house was that? Yeah. Well, um, first, thank you for mentioning this internship. It was really cool. It was actually um, so climate was out in San Francisco. Um, you know, in the heart of Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in the south part of Silicon Valley, so in San Jose, and I had to commute there. Um, it was like a hybrid type of schedule. So three days a week, I took the Caltrain up there and. Um, you know, it was about a two-hour commute there and two hours back. <laughs> but it was worth it because I wanted to spend time at home with my dogs because it was the majority of the summer, so I was able to have the family time mixed mm -hmm. in with work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, thankfully, you sent your paper that you had to, your action paper that you had to do on the internship because I don't know anything about software engineering. Nope. Uh, I'm not anywhere near 
as smart to be able to do that kind of stuff. So I, Gary and I both were talking this morning that we read your paper. I was very impressed. So explain a little bit about, um, first of all, how did you get hooked up with the internship? And, you know, it was all summer long. Was it all summer? Yeah, it was a 12-week internship where I was working as, uh, my role technically was uh, entitled as software engineer at Climate, and I was working with the iOS team over there. So, you're, yeah, so you're working with uh, apps, yes. like their apps, uh, obviously. And I just, just reading through your um, your paper, it seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you were working with an app that farmers use inside one of their machines to yes. do what? Yes. So I was working on one of the apps for climate. They have two apps. Um, they have the FieldView app and they have the Cab app. And I was working on the team that works on the cab app. So the cab is the tractor or whatever machine they're using out in the field where they're sitting in the cab and they're using their iPad to look at details of their farm. And it all connects to this embedded system that's on the bottom of their machine and can review the stuff and all the data that you can extract from the field, such as, um, you know, some weather aspects. You can see how wet the soil is. You can see... You can even see how much pressure the machine is going into the dirt. There's a lot of data that goes into farming. And you, like I learned this summer, like how modernized farming is nowadays. Um, Climate is one of the leading ag tech companies that is agricultural tech. Um, and so being able to work with them and learning and, you know, not coming from an agricultural background mm-hmm. uh, was really interesting just to see <laughs> how much tech can affect farming. And Climate really focuses on in one of their mission statements to you know really work towards even this big idea of trying to end world hunger because as you modernize farming you're making farming more efficient which then helps the world get more food which is crazy you know working in this one app but then it has this great impact across the world and even climate has um, a great impact across the world and which is crazy well, that, that was one. Sorry, Gary. That was one of the things that you point out in your paper that, like, not only are you starting your career and learning about software engineering, but you're also using this experience to make the world better. Which is like, I don't know. I thought that was really impactful. Like, it's not just using my degree and get and getting myself a job. Hopefully, it's it's like, hey, I'm also doing those things and making the world better. I don't know how much Gary and I make the world better just talking about sport collegiate sports, but not a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, I guess you know people use it as uh, entertainment so they get away from from whatever. But anyway, um, so that's awesome. How did you get hooked up with the internship? Yeah, so I spent a long time working towards breaking into tech. Um, it is really hard to break into the tech industry, especially because I was looking at Silicon Valley. Especially, I wanted. To be next to family and Silicon Valley is really the heart of technology nowadays, which mm-hmm. everything's really competitive there. So I knew I had to put in the work to even just get my first job. Um, you know, my dad is does work in tech, but I wanted to do this all by myself. So I had to make those connections myself. And I, you know, I worked through LinkedIn and I used, you know, some of the resources here um, at Mammoth um, through the career services but really a lot of it was the individual aspect. I was studying for technical interviews where, um, you know, they give you some problem to work on, you know, data structures and algorithms um, to see if you have the technical skills to even move on. So that's even just one stage of the interview process. A lot of it 
for tech is studying like it's a test mm. you know some business degrees they have you know their exams or you know if you want to be a lawyer you take the LSATs but for tech you really have these exams are individualized per each company and so you have to study for those you have to fill out all these applications I think I so I did more of the brute force way where um, I was really just going through the applications going through the interviews just because you know at this point in my career in the industry you know my connections aren't you know, as vast as, you know, they would be for someone, you know, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. So I was going the brute force way and I applied to about, I think, 70 companies. Um, And I've heard more. I've heard, I had a coworker, um, another intern this past summer who even said he applied to like 200 companies, (laughs) which is unreal. But, you know, if you put in the work and you really want it hard enough, then, you know, Something will come out. Hopefully something comes out, you know, you got to keep your fingers crossed still. But, um, you know, I put it in about, I started studying and everything last, the summer previous to the internship. So it was really a year of studying and going through applications before, um, you know, I connected with Climate and got that offer. And that was even, you know, early spring. So I really just kept my fingers crossed, put in the work, keep working hard. Where did your interest in this field come from? Is it something you've always been interested in or... Did you kind of find that out as you got older or got into college? Uh, you know, where did that come from? Yeah, that's actually, that's a good question. Um, you know, my dad does work in tech. Um, he's been working in the industry for a long time. He um, even had his own company where um, they created Airstash and, you know, that company got sold. Now, um, you know, Western Digital bought that and he works there now. Um, but I've always been around the world of tech and, hearing a lot of it and my dad's always been you know bringing up topics that are coming about in the industry and hearing what's next and what's the future going to be like and can you create an impact you know the way the future turns out and the new technologies are just so interesting to me and you know the idea could be cool theoretically that's really awesome but you got to put in the work like can you code can you really do this like you got to have the skills to do it and um, I, you know, I picked up a little bit in like middle school, just, um, you know, some HTML, CSS, like easy front end, you know, web stuff. But um, I just found the interest in it. And I think if you like the interest, follow the interest. And I think my passion has really guided me throughout uh, my process. And that's what really motivates me day to day. Um, but I think also on the other side of it, you know, I followed what I like in general skills of, you know, high school kind of pushed me. I was always you know, good at languages and good at math. And I think this was a good combination. It kind of worked out as a great fit for me. And I think, you know, with the skill set and, you know, with the passion that I have, um, I think it kind of works out well. And I'm just going to see where it takes me from now. So you work the internship. Does it, do you have any kind of lead on maybe getting a full-time job there? Yeah. Um, well, luckily, you know, I had a really great relationship with the hiring manager. I had a great mentor this summer and a great manager um, where they all worked hard with me and uh, I definitely put in my all and luckily a few weeks later after I ended my internship I got the return offer and I will be working there next year so that, I'm, that's awesome I am so excited I love the team there and I'm so excited to be back and you know I'm still in contact with them now and I'm going back home for winter break and I'm like let's catch up this is awesome like there's such great people there and the work environment is unreal everyone's super motivated like that mission statement i brought up earlier about mm-hmm. trying to end world hunger is literally brought up every day at work and it really motivates what they do that's um, awesome and everyone's super motivated and everyone works really hard together and it's a great team aspect just like sports you know we all work together as this team to 
try to make the world a better place. Is it a big company? It's a growing company. Um, The company is owned by Bayer, which um, was previously named Monsanto. Mm -hmm. You know, huge company. They created Aspirin. Um, So, you know, they're owned by this big company. And over the years, they've been growing since they got bought by Bayer. And we're having this great resources. So it's more of like a medium-sized company right now where, um, you know, you're having this growing aspect where you kind of have, you know, used to be more of a startup. But then as you grow, you get more formalities of, you know, a bigger organization. You have these um, great communications with the Bayer company. There's even really, you know, speaking of the communications, there's really great um, aspects that you get from that. There was, um, they go um, commonly on farm trips where they go out to, like we, this past summer, I went to a Bayer research farm and got to learn more about the farming aspects and how climate helps to help the Bayer research farms and all of that. Um, so, you know, it's a growing company and it's, it's really exciting actually with yeah, all of that. That's awesome. That, that's so congratulations. Thank yeah. That, that, that was one of the things I found interesting when I was reading your, your paper, it was like, okay here's Zoe interested in tech and, and you just told, you just told us you learned how to, um, you know, you just got started in the field in middle school and like, you probably never thought farming would be any kind of part of your life at all. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just awesome to hear how that correlates and, and trying to end world hunger. Like it's, it combines your passion with something that can really help people. And that's, um, that's really what stuck out to me. It's like, it's not just, um, and we, we all love technology. Right? We all have our phones out. Like mm. we're, we're using it every minute of the day. But to hear that you're developing something that's so um, important to what goes on in the world every day uh, and affects people's lives is is pretty cool. I thought that was really what stuck out to me, Greg. I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, I I got that just from reading the paper and just to have it reinforced by talking to you is great. And we love to hear about student athletes that have their careers at least started before they even live, leave here. And that's just a real testament to, to first the student athlete, number one, but also some of the opportunities that Monmouth can give you. So I'm, I'm going to send you a loaded question as we get into like the, the kind of more end of the interview where we kind of have some more fun. But um, what, what is your favorite class that you've taken here at Monmouth? That's a great question. Um, at first I really want to, you know, Thank um, one of my professors here who has been very, very supportive of my journey and my, you know, begin of my beginning of my tech career. Um, Raman Lakshmanan, who recommended me for this podcast, has been an incredible resource here at Monmouth. Um, not only does he work with students um, to get those internships and get those connections, um, but he's been there a lot personally for me. Um, and taking his course, his iOS, you know, his mobile apps course, really pushed me into iOS design. I realized, like, how cool it is because it's a mix of back-end and front-end work, uh, which is typically, like, one domain of tech. Um, but mobile, like, iOS engineering kind of combines the two where you can use some great back-end work, which is really the heart of a lot of great, you know, industry work um, that I find interesting. interesting. But even bringing in the front end aspect of that where, you know, I bring that into my work and I was able to, you know, create some great code where the user sees it and having that UI portion of mobile apps is really cool where you can mix that with something that you've worked really hard on that, you know, Lakshman has taught me some great skills 
um, that really, you know, pushed me forward. And that was definitely my coolest class just because it was my first class where it was a big project class um, and where I built one of my first apps where it was like a macro tracking app um, and working with him to learn some new aspects and always, you know, he always pushed me to go farther. We had our, we had like weekly meetings just outside of class, just we wanted to like talk about more tech and where the industry is going and also learn more skills and always wanting more. I always wanted to get some more out of the classroom and working with him and luckily he devoted a decent amount of time. I spent a lot of hours in the office. Um, <laughs> so I really am appreciative of all the help that he's given me. He, he is one of the best professors we have on campus and it's not even close i mean obviously he's a great supporter of athletics yeah he's a member of the blue white club he comes to every event under the sun i mean he you could see him at soccer you can see him at women's basketball obviously football men's basketball field hockey i mean he comes to women's obviously women's (laughs) tennis um but he he is just all over and he cares and like i the amount of student athletes, I mean, Colin Stewart a couple of years ago, I know, took his class and he developed an app that he was then able to, you know, uh, sell a little bit or at least use in, in a more professional yeah, manner. still working in And he's still working field, in technology yeah. field. So, and, and, I, and you know, I, I don't think people quite understand how difficult it is to be a student athlete and be in, in some of the majors that we offer here. Uh, I think computer science is one of them. Um, I think nursing is one of them. They just take up so much time uh, to be prepared to succeed in those in that coursework um, that it's really hard to be a Division One athlete with them. So, um, Gary, what else? What do you get? You want to go? Would it, go to one of your standbys? Have some fun, yeah, fun stuff. We've got a couple of minutes left. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay. Um. Do we talked about you've come come here from California? Um. What is Gary the, loves California by the way. Love California. He's a New Jersey oh, native, but he loves <laughs> California. Love California. That's awesome. Big fan. Um, all 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 parts of California too. Uh, I've been up and down. Nice. The um, coming here from from California, what um, what is the best thing about New Jersey that people don't know? Uh, being from California, New Jersey sometimes gets a bad rap. What's the best thing about New Jersey that you tell people like, no, that's that's not true. New Jersey is actually really good at this, or this is a really good part about the state. Yeah, no, I think the people really make the state here. There's so many people, like, in one area. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) No, it's true. Like, you know, people, like, here just kind of say things straight to your face, which is kind of cool, you know, coming from California. Like, everyone's, like, very nice and, you know, putting their best foot forward and care about people. But New Jersey, they'll just tell you how it is. You know, it's, it's true. And very that, true. But I like that aspect. It's very like in your face, like get straight to the point. But also like another thing is, you know, I go from coast to coast. So I'm like around the beaches. But I think the one difference is that New Jersey, the beaches are so accessible. That, like I didn't realize, like even in California, like there's the mountain range, like in NorCal where you kind of have to go over the mountains, or at least I do. Um, so it is a bit of a drive to go to the beach. But here the beach is literally right there down the road. And it's get crazy. Going. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that so right in your face in the beaches. Yeah. That's <laughs> two of my favorite things. Yeah, I love those things too. So you hit the nail on the head, Zoe. Yeah. Um what is uh, what is one movie or you can go TV show that if you're flipping through on the channels like you have to stop and watch. Like you're like, "Oh, I got to watch that." Yeah. No, that's an easy one. It's definitely Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Big yeah. in my house. Yeah. Very big in my house. Yeah, no, we actually went last year. We went to Orlando as a team, and 
or yeah, we went to Universal, and I spent like my whole day at the Harry in the Potter Harry Potter. <laughs> they have that giant dragon on the top. Yeah, that like spits fire out. It's it's really impressive. It's so it, cool. it is impressive. Yeah, no, the Harry Potter. My my youngest daughter is just starting to read the books. Um, although I haven't seen her pick it up in a while, so maybe <laughs> I'll remind her. Uh, great great movies. I don't think Gary's ever seen a Harry Potter movie. I've read all of the books. Have you oh, really? That's 100%, good. 100%. When I was younger. Oh, wow, nice. I'm really I'm really I've impressed read all, by that. I twice. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I've ever I'm not a I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time. So that wasn't like watching them when they were coming out and then mm. now they they've been out for so long. But the I have the weird like I already know what happens, so like right. I don't know yeah. if like watching the movies like And there's never been anybody who's read a book and seen a movie that said that the movie was better than the book. Yeah, that's true. I haven't read any of the books. But yeah. well, I certainly movies. enjoy the movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I grew up reading the books, which is nice. Um, and, you know, even in the past few years, um, as I've been learning French, I read uh, the first book in French, and I'm still going forward with that. But <laughs> That's <yeah>. wild. <laughs> yeah. So are you learning French just as like, a, hey, I'm going to learn French, or is it like part of a course? Or I started when I was like 11, um, and I've taken French classes ever since, and I, you know, had a connection with my teacher there when I was younger. Um, and I had like a group of friends where I always worked really hard on it. And I even spoke French a lot at my last school. So it's just kind of been in my life. So you're like, do you think you're, you're like fluid in French? I mean, you're reading um, books in French. You have to be, you know, I think as I work harder, I feel like I always make more progress. Um, but I like having the experiences where, you know, I even spoke French at work and, um, spoke French with Kim classes that one time, which was cool. Um, so kind of just, it's like fun and, you know, having these conversations with people is pretty cool. Have you been to France? No, but I really want to go. I think that would be really cool. Sounds like an awesome graduation gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Snyman, if you're listening. Yes. Your, your daughter already has a job, and it's like <laughs> December. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I am, can barely master the English language, so <laughs> I have a great respect for people who can fluidly, fluently uh, speak other languages. So I listen, I want to thank you so much. We've taken up 45 minutes of your week, which most people I wouldn't even think twice about, but you are crazy busy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to wish you all of the success in, in the spring in the, on the, on the court. I don't even have to worry about off the court cause I know you're crushing it already. Um, thank you for taking the time. I know we're probably steaming towards finals here in the next couple of weeks, uh, in your finals load, I'm sure. How many credits are you taking right now? Um, I keep it pretty light during the year. Um, I only have like twelve. Oh, okay. Semester. Um, but that's those are twelve big. I mean, you're an upperclassman in in computer science. Those aren't. Yeah, and always doing the personal work too. Yeah. Trying to add some more in. But thank you for having me here. I really appreciate you know reaching out to me and this was a great conversation to have and you know getting on the air is pretty cool and thank you for you know the good spirits for this season. I'm really hoping this last season for me can go well and. Um, you know, starting this new conference, right? So I'm very excited for it. Yeah, we didn't even cover the CA, but uh, maybe we'll have to have you on again. But I really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, awesome, Zara. That was that was wonderful. It was great to have you on, and uh, super impressed by all the stuff you're you're doing, and really the epitome of a mom and student athlete. It's what we love to see. Yep, we'll be back. Woke up this morning and it was like 31 degrees. So cold outside. Do you know how 
you might be able to solve those problems is if you call Edison Heating and Cooling, they provide a full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. So that was an ad, but seriously, it's cold out. You do a great job with the ad reads, like working them in. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. So the, the RWJ one now, that's like a recorded one. Eddie still gets his little piece of that pie. Yeah. Well, but, I, like, uh, I like how you did that there. You, you worked it in like, uh, you know, way better at it than like, uh, like Francesa was. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't know anything about the things he's reading ads about. Listen, I'm talking <laughs> about a legend here. I know. He's a national treasure. Just like, uh, who did I say was a national treasure the other day? I think I put that on. Oh, Merrill Reese. He is a national treasure. Mike Francesa is too. Um, winding down the semester, but winding up the, the spring or the winter rather. Uh, one thing I'm pretty excited about, we don't talk a lot about it is this indoor track team. Uh, the CAA, you know, we're, we're used to just straight dom- I mean, it's been dominant since I got 17 years of dominance since I got here. We stomped through the NEC. We stomped through the Mac little bit step up here in the CAA. Yeah, definitely, definitely a step up. With North Carolina A&T being on board, uh, they have an outstanding uh, track and field program. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see how our student-athletes measure up against uh, those teams. Yeah, if there's anything I have confidence in here at Monmouth, it's, it's our track and field teams. Uh, like you said, I mean, I've been here less than you, but we've, we've essentially dominated um, every league we've been in. And I know um, – Open up tomorrow, I believe. Um, Friday, I think our, our men's team is at uh, is at Rutgers. If I read that correctly on uh, on the graphic, our guy Ryan Schwager put out last night for mm-hmm. the for the teams. I love that. Um, I think both of our teams are actually at uh, at Rutgers this weekend. So so they're getting it started, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to this new um, this new league. I don't expect any lull from them. I think they're going to continue to to be uh, one of the top premier programs in the country as far as track and field goal goes and um you know looking forward to to that i know swimming is is uh they're up at the ecac championships yep, getting going they've That's, had a tough go of it we we had the ceiling collapse yeah in, that wasn't good in the ralph stedman Nordic natatorium yeah um so they've been having to practice all over god's green earth which is not easy anyway because they practice early in the morning uh so they've had a tough go of it but you know maddie nuns Legend in the game, he's gonna he's gonna get these guys ready and uh, interested to see what the results are up at the uh, up at the ECACs. Yeah, that's a bigger uh, a bigger tournament I know for uh, for our program. So meet, yeah, it's a bigger meet yeah. tournament. It's a tournament. I meet. don't think there's no bracket. Yeah, I guess <laughs> tournaments like universal. You could use that for. Anything. I guess it is like universal. Um, unbelievable. We're already into December. It's just flies by every year we get to this point and it's um it's crazy when I mean, you, you you've already hit december and it feels like we were just at new hampshire the other day and having those early soccer games in august and yeah we've flown right through that that season the fall um, does go fast we, we have kind of closed out the fall i think we uh we the only thing we didn't touch on was was closing out the season with a win over stony brook which was, was nice to that do important always always really good to important. get a win on the way uh out of a season um, and 
now we're in that time of year, especially for you with, with football, right? With all the postseason awards and everything mm-hmm. coming out, and we've had, mm-hmm. as always, our fair share of of awards. And you know, Jaden Sheridan has been awesome. on social media every day with another another <laughs> accolade. It's That's my so favorite good. part about this job, right? Is you get to the end of a season where somebody has an amazing year, and you're so excited for that student athlete because they keep winning awards. But then you're you're just to a point where you're like, what else am I going to say about this kid? Um, yeah, I had that with Justin Robinson. Uh, yep. You know, he continued to win awards. And just I was like, There's the, only so many things you can say. Right, you're he writing the so same many things, awesome things over and over again. Yeah, I, I uh, actually that's kind of where we're at with Jaden, right? I actually just saw a stat this morning. Let me see if I can bring it up quickly um, about Jaden that I did not know, oh. but I think I knew it. I just didn't know the numbers behind it. Uh, he. He is most yards per rushing TD with a minimum of five TDs, 52.8 yards. So that means of his 13 TV TDs that went for 686 yards, 52.8 yards per rushing TV, TD. That's crazy. The next closest guy, the Indiana State kid, Justin Dinka, 46.8 for six. He only has six touchdowns. So Jaden has double that. That, that is such a crazy number. He was just named one of the 30 finalists uh, for the Walter Payne Award, which is essentially the Heisman of the FCS world. Uh, on Monday, uh, the true finalists, the final three will be named. We're crossing our fingers to hope that he is one of them. And that, of course, is a trip out to Frisco for the uh, Stats Perform Awards Banquet, uh, where they will name, kind of like the kind of like the Heisman, they will name... Um, who the actual uh, winner is. So uh, we're keep your eyes peeled on Monday to see if he is one of the final three. A um, lot of good, a lot of good players out there this year, a lot of good players. Uh, and he's only a sophomore. So the, the, it could be the deck deck could be stacked against him. I think when people look at sophomore, they think, oh, all right, well, he's got a couple more years to do that thing. And um, oh, quarterbacks always get, you know, preferential treatment. It's just the way it works. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. So great kid. Um, really excited for him. Um, just a powerhouse season he had. Yeah, he was insane to watch. It's just ridiculous. Um, also oh. into the winter, obviously we're into to hoops, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, women's team hovering right around 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice overtime win. Uh, their last time out, Sunday against NJIT. Oh, yeah. Um, they have St. Francis Brooklyn coming up. Tonight. And then uh, some long pauses, which I'm jealous of. Um, a couple of long pauses in their December. I know um, they like to carve out time for finals and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they'll play. Um, they'll play at home tonight, uh, and then I don't think they play at home for uh, for a little while. But Coach Bogus really has that team starting to click. It seems like I think um, they got like eleven, ten days before they're back home. Yeah, I think they play tonight and then they on the eleventh or the tenth, the tenth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Coach Bog has really got that team starting to click, and I know they they've had some injuries. I know Ariana Vander has been out, but they've um, she was awesome the other night. They they have started to kind of work some freshmen in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they've gotten contributions from their younger players and and some of their fifth year players. Right, Bree Tinsley hit a big shot against NGIT. Bree Tinsley um, in overtime. She's been great. Mm-hmm. Um, Fun team to watch, and I would encourage people to come out and and support them. We have we have some local flair on the team. Obviously, we talk about the Shore Conference, but uh, but Coach Bogus has really turned around the culture, and we've talked about that a lot. Um, and it seems to just be continuing into this season. Yeah, and they're going to be better this year. I mean, the the CAA 
represents a giant step up. Maybe I would say the lacrosses and women's basketball probably are the biggest steps up from where people were. Uh, And they all were steps up. I don't want to, I don't want to mitigate what anybody else is doing or what anybody else has done, but um, those are pretty big steps up. So she's going to need the support. The team is fun to watch. The the staff is energetic on the sidelines. Uh, The girls are having fun out there, which is really super important. And and they are definitely Uh, one team that is going on right now is the bowling squad. Uh, and the only reason why I bring that up, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I bring that up is that you could come out. They do this every year, and it's a great thing that That's Coach Crowell does. Great thing. You can come out on Sunday, December 4th, and bowl for $10 per bowler at the Cianello Bowling Center at Monmouth. You get a game of bowling, a shoe rental, do some coloring, some games. There will be holiday treats. I might go just for the holiday treats. And uh, the best part is Santa will be there. Unbelievable. We the got big Santa man. Just three weeks out from his biggest day, we got him it's unbelievable. to come bowl. It's awesome. He will be there. He will take pictures. So if you have some kids, $10 a kid. I have kids. You can't do anything for $10 a kid. You got There is a registration deal. Um, maybe not. Maybe you could just show up. I should know that. I don't see any way to register. Hold on. Yeah, I don't think. I think you could just show up. It's from. Uh, there's three, oh, there's three time blocks. Slot. I got three blocks. That's what I was thinking. Here we go. 10 to 12, 1 to 3, and 4 to 6. Uh, come, you know, you do a little bowling. You you can take your pictures with Santa and just have a good time. And, and it's a fundraiser. Uh, you know, the, the money directly benefits bowling. But you're really, uh, you know, you're getting a fantastic. For 40 bucks, if you have a family of four. I don't know where else you're getting getting out with forty bucks. It's awesome. It's uh, it's a good thing every year Coach Coggle does. And Fun. as a as a Christmas lover myself, I might have to to pop by if I'm able to. And um, you will get a picture with Santa. I would love to get a picture. I get a picture with Santa every year. Um, I know, and we'll be advertising this as we get closer. We will the twenty second. We'll be having Santa out at a, at a basketball game as we always do. Yep. Um, I have so multiple if you miss pictures him this time. with. Um, with Santa and also Jeff Stapleton, our AD, right. we love to take pictures with Santa, and that's that's a pastime of mine. Um, so maybe I have to get it out of the way earlier this year and and get some bowling in. Well, you can go. To, you can get two pictures. I can with get Santa. two. Yeah, there's We're that, tight. There's always room for. I mean, there's always room for Santa. So, uh, you got anything else? We're gonna wrap this episode here. All good. Well, I, I already have an idea of who our next. Um, Person's going to be, and we'll talk about that soon. But uh, listen, get out, support the Hawks. You can get on campus. There are um, some men's and women's basketball games coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, and as always, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We didn't even talk about Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll talk about Thanksgiving next time. Um, Till the next time, like, subscribe, talk about it with people. Listenership has been great. Um, We appreciate every single one of you. And uh, we'll be back in a short week. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.
Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.